coming in hot, hot, hot. Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, guess who? Lisa Drennan, the wealth activator. Today, I have this gorgeous Nicole who is with us today. I mean, just, she is so gorgeous. If you're watching on the, if you're listening on the podcast, go over to the YouTube channel and you have to see not only does she, is she beautiful, she has this beautiful expertise of branding. And I just love that when someone can create a vision and take your business and make it a beautiful brand with your logo, your vision, someone who can do that. It's so talented. So Nicole Perkins is with us today. She is a brand expert and she's helping entrepreneur coaches and consultants get more visible on social media so they can attract more clients and build a better brand. Who doesn't need that? I have a client that needs your needs your expertise because she was trying to make her own logo and it did not come out good. <laughs> I'm like, just invest in someone who knows what to do and how to put this all together. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your, your time and your energy with us. Tell us, when it comes to money and creating a brand for somebody, how are those two interrelated? I want to say thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. To answer your question, when it comes to money and branding, it is huge. And the reason why is because uh, a lot of businesses, they don't invest into branding. They feel that as long as they just, you know, slap up a logo, I say throw spaghetti at the wall, and then they tell them, you know, I build it and they will come and they think that's it. So they really don't feel like that that's an integral part that has to be invested in. However, what they don't realize is that the major ball players in this field of entrepreneurship as well as businesses are actually putting in millions, if not billions, into their branding efforts. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because I, I think I've had my logo. Well, I've been in three different niches and I've had two logos and I think I've done them, redone them and was not even happy. Like I chose somebody that I didn't really capture my vision. They did a little bit with the colors and things like that. And I thought about all the money I invested in it. And I, like, I don't regret it, but I wish I would have known better. I wish I would have had someone like you that was an expert that was able to say, no, this is how we do it. And there's so many different layers to designing something and the time that it takes to do that. It's well worth the money and the investment when you have when you have a brand that you're proud of that represents who you are and who your business is so that you can put that together and put that out there. And people are like, hey, I want to know more about you. So what got you started in this, this line of work? Absolutely. So I started off as like a financial services baby. I've worked in the financial services field. I would say since the age of 23, definitely not an investor, not licensed in anything. So I worked underneath like licensed financial advisors. I worked in the banking arena, the mortgage arena, uh, the sales arena, and you know what? I was like, I'm coming across all these great businesses. And when I would have to do like, say, follow-up work, rather uh, researching through their website and things like that, I was like, 
hmm, it just really didn't seem to capture who they were when I would talk to them on the phone. I would just say little things like, well, you know, your website just seems a little different. Did you do that yourself? And they're like, oh, I hate that website. You know, over the years, I was just like, wow, I already doodled on my own and did little things for friends and families. I was like, I think I'm really good at this and I think I can help people. So sometimes when I would work underneath different advisors and different companies, I would come across the clients again, I would say, hey, you know, what if I did something for you? If you don't like it, then of course you can scrap it and stay with what you're at. But if you really love it, how would you feel if I helped you out with that? And they're like, okay, great. And some of them loved it. And they're actually my clients to this day. It just kind of blossomed because I seen a need. I seen where businesses were just not aligning with their message and how it looked, but they were really great at what they do. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love, we have very similar backgrounds with that. And I mean, in finance and insurance since 1987. And when you think about when you were a young, young girl, little, little Nicole, what, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, wow. Okay. So it was totally different from like what I'm doing now, right? I wanted, okay. I loved Indiana Jones. Okay. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fans. And actually, if you guys are fans, indie fans like I am, he's going to be coming out with a finale soon. And I'm already wanting to cry because I like never wanted to end. But anyways, I wanted to be an archaeologist because I watched Indiana Jones and I was like, I'm going to dig up stuff. I'm going to find treasures. And, you know, nobody's going to tell me anything because I'm going to just find all these mummies. I mean, it was just crazy, girl. <laughs> and then I like found out like how hard it was. And like you actually had to use math and <laughs> science. And I was just like, I don't do well at either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah and find treasures. This is not what I was, you know, hoping for. So yeah, that quickly changed. But yeah, that's what I wanted to really be. I love that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. We, we at, like we look at things and we're like, oh, well, that's easy. I can do that. And a lot of ladies will think about being an entrepreneur, like shifting from their nine to five to come into the entrepreneur world. And they're like, oh, it's so easy. You know, so-and-so is making, you know, 5k, 10k months. I can do that too. And then they come in and they're like, uh, this isn't easy. So knowing that, like when we start to dig in, you know, math and science isn't the problem. It's really our own selves, like getting in our own way. And a lot of that has to do with how we grew up. So when you grew up, what was the situation like? What did your family tell you about money? Um, so my mom was a single mom and the message I received, she really didn't sit down and talk to myself and my two other siblings. She had three children all together. And she really didn't really sit down and explain money to us. We just knew that you had to pay your bills. You had to pay them on time, that you had to have a job. If you didn't work, you didn't eat. I mean, that was just like the mantra. And then you kind of figured it out along the way. So we just, I felt like we were a little bit of latchkey kids. We just was like, hey, let's, as we got older, we better pay our rent, pay our bills on time. And that is literally as far as it went. Yeah, that sense of we have enough, but don't talk about it because it might go away. There might not be enough if we talk about it. Did you grow up with any money idioms that your mom always used to say? Um, mainly, let's see, I'm trying to think. What does she say a lot? I can remember her, oh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> yep. And I was just like, who's Peter? 
who's Paul? You know what I mean? And I didn't realize that these were just like characters that she said, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And as I got older, I was like, oh, she would take money that belonged to another area in her finances and then place it somewhere else. And then she would do something else. And I was just like, oh, that sucks, right? That's not something that, you know, I want to do. However, as she got older, the idiom started to change where then she, as she became more educated in the finances, she started telling us about credit. And it was from my mom when I first heard about the importance of having good credit, because that was one thing that she was awesome at. If she didn't do anything else, my mom kept her credit very score, very, very high. And she was like, you got to keep a high credit score. You got to keep a high credit score. So that was the one thing I was like, okay, I got to keep a high credit score, of course, pay my bills. And little by little, Robin Peter to pay Paul kind of dissipated as time went on. And I believe as she got more educated with finances. Oh, that's awesome. Something my mom said all the time too. And I, I had the same reaction. Who's Peter and why are you borrowing from Paul? I don't get it. But it was that old added that money envelope system, you know, that's been around forever. And my mom used to take those envelopes and she would take up. Oh, got to borrow from the food bill guy, borrow from the gas and electric. And then she would figure it out. Like somehow it would get figured out. Right. You know, and she was an entrepreneur as well. And she was a cosmetologist. So she, you know, depended on tips. And I remember she used to hustle and work so hard to, she was, I was a divorced kid. So she was a single mom with four. And it was, I was always that struggle and always high energy, nervous around money. And, you know, that, Friday, she'd have all this money. Saturday, she'd have all this money from tips. And then by Monday, she'd be like, oh my goodness, all the money is gone. Like, where did it all go? And I, there's some things that I had to work through myself as I was getting older, recognizing that I don't want to have these same habits. I don't want to have to worry about money. Did you find yourself ad- adapting? So first of all, I have to ask you, your mom told you to keep a credit high credit score, 750 plus. I mean, 800 is the best. Is your credit score up there? Above 700? We're right at 700. I'm right at seven. So yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, that took a lot of trial and error too, because I didn't know about student loans and different things. So that was an up and down uh, journey because I knew I wanted my credit to be high, but I didn't know that certain things affected the credit from being a certain way. And so um, as just through trial and error, like I would pull my credit report and be like, Hey, why did I go down? You know, what did I do? You know? So then I was like, duh, okay, this happened. So that's how I learned. I learned by bumps and bruises. And now I kind of, I got a system to myself where I pretty much know what's going to ding my credit report, what's going to affect it, what's going to make it go up, what's going to make it go down. Uh, But that took years of trial and error. Yeah. And for a while there, when I first became a certified financial coach, the thing was be debt free, don't have a credit score. Like Dave Ramsey's always talking about, he doesn't even have a credit score. He can buy the apartment building, but he can't rent an apartment. (laughs) He has no credit. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And back when I was a real estate paralegal, credit was very important. Like, you know, you, we used to do all these financials, right? And this was before computers. We didn't have all these, you know, like easy peasy systems that we do now, you know, everything was manual. You had to call the bank and fax, you know, receive faxes and this and that. And some people like they had bankruptcy or they had a lot of credit. They could not get a mortgage. And 
I actually worked for a bank that worked with customers that way to help them build up their credit so that they can buy a house. Because anytime, like, you know, you look at renting versus buying, you're throwing your money out the door when you're renting. And I know about a year ago, not even, there was a special on one of the, you know, news shows about how people can't even afford rent, but they can't afford to buy houses because of the way the market is and all of that. And the credit scores were really important for those living in the United States. And people were like, well, I don't even know what my credit score is. I'm like, creditkarma.com, check your credit score and let's see what we can do. And one of my clients was like, there's no way my client, her score was 694. And she's like, there's no way I'm going to get it up. And within three months of us working together, she got it up to 792. Her goal is to hit 800 and I know she'll do it. But it's so important because, you know, credit, it gives you that that great mortgage with the great interest rates. It gives you like if you're renting an apartment, you don't have to pay first and last and security deposit for rent. You know, you get to just pay the, the rent for the month that you move in. And there's so many perks to it as far as, you know, what you can do. But I've learned that with the three credit bureaus, they're all different scores. And it's like, OK, so really paying attention to that with all aspects when it comes to money, paying attention to the whole portfolio. So when you think about wealth activation and the story that you grew up with, like I have to keep my credit good, you know, I have to be consistent and persistent so that I always have enough. What was the 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 biggest impact that your mom had on you into adulthood for you to manage your own portfolio, your own finances? her as she again got more educated so I was the youngest of the three so I was able to see the transformation of when mom really wasn't that much educated about the finances to her really blossoming and getting it right and understanding what to do she was able to buy a house you know we always had a working vehicle you know she learned some things about the credit that really just helped us it was just like wow and even though we were in a bit of a poverty stricken neighborhood we didn't feel it Mm -hmm. i mean mom was just like that superhero that i didn't even know i was in a poor neighborhood i didn't know i was like poor because all my needs were met it wasn't until My mom actually got diagnosed with lupus, diabetes, that now things started to take a little bit of a terrible turn. She was more educated about her finances. But one thing that she uh, impressed was that when things come out of the blue, you have to have a safety net. And that's when I started learning about life insurance and I started learning about just insurance in general and how some insurances would cover some things and some would not because of her health. Mom would always talk about how one health insurance would actually drop her because of the treatments that needed to be made, while another insurance would be more than happy to help. So now we're moving into that stage of retirement and you know me growing up, seeing how she's getting ready for that. So now the message was changing to, you need to have some type of safety net. And that's how I learned about the 401ks and retirement and things of that sort. So I would say her, um, she's still alive, thankfully, but her, her impact was now you have to think more about the future. It wasn't just credit, credit, credit anymore, which I was like, oh, that's what I need to do. Now it was about what's going to happen when I pass away. What's going to happen if medical illnesses arise? How am I going to handle that? So 
yeah, the story began to change a little bit. Yeah. And I'm so glad she, she shared that with you because a lot of parents don't talk to their kids about that stuff and setting up the final expense, you know, having that safety net, you know, I always talk about seven months in an emergency fund for just your needs. And a lot of people are like, no, I can't do that. Like you need to do that. You need to, and it just changes how you do everything with your finances gives you that sense of peace. You can sleep at night. You know, you're not anxious or nervous when it's time to hang out with money or spend money. You can actually enjoy it because you're not worried that, you know, money's the check's going to bounce for the mortgage because, you know, I didn't allocate my funds correctly. Or I borrowed from Peter to pay Paul, you know, yeah. this money management system in place and having insurance is so important, especially life insurance. Cause you know, no one, when things guaranteed, we're all going to leave this earth and, you know, having you know, final expense in place is so important, especially for your loved ones, especially if you're a single person, because that burden is put on, you know, the state or a family member. And just to have something to cover it, you know, to leave something, you can also leave an inheritance, right? It's a great way to leave an inheritance as well. But just having that safety net, knowing like, this is good. Like when I leave, I'm going to leave this beautiful legacy. I'm not going to leave debt. I'm not going to leave this worry. You know, I always say, create a portfolio, let your loved ones know, even if you don't want to have that conversation with them, at least they'll find it. Right. And uh, when I worked at social security administration, this is a conversation we had because a lot of widows would come to me. They didn't expect their husbands to pass away at such a young age. And they didn't even know how to balance a checkbook. It's like, I have no idea what to do. So it's really important to learn all the things about finances when you were stepping into, so you're, you're, are you still at your nine to five or have you completely transitioned? No, I've completely transitioned. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what, what tools did you put in place as far as your money management system to go from that guaranteed paycheck to having the income as an entrepreneur? So just to be clear, I'm like not your traditional nine to five. Um, I still have uh, contracting work that I do for the previous financial advisors and uh, different companies. So I can come in like seasonal and do different things for them. And that's always a plus because I just kind of like wanting to know what's going on in the world besides entrepreneurship. I think that's important. And I always learn so much during that time. But what helped me to say, hey, I want to do like branding full time was that I started to really ramp up my clientele. And I first looked at, okay, I need to match what I'm making on the nine to five. That was my biggest thing. I'm married. So my husband's like, yeah, we are working off of two incomes. So if you no longer work, then my one income, as much as we would love to just do that, it probably would not be a safe fit for us to you know, stick with that. So guess what? If you're going to leave your job, make sure that your entrepreneurship can at least match your income. And so that was the, the mantra. Like it has to match. It has to match. And once it did, it was like, okay, even if it did match what my mom said, what about the things that come up? Right. That was her thing. Like towards like now where she's at, like you have to prepare for those things that come out of the blue. So I was like, okay, what are those things that may come out of the blue? So we had to prepare for that. And then on top of it was like, okay, what about 
if you want to take vacations. I mean, so it wasn't just now bills and emergencies. It was like, what if we actually want to have a life and do some things like go to the movies or eat out sometimes? So all of this, I would say, take about a good two years to really get under control. Even after um, I did full-time branding for myself, there still were some hiccups that we didn't even plan for. So I would say, even when you think you've planned, 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 there's still things that you will say, wow, I didn't think about that part. And that's okay. But you just don't want your situation where you didn't think about anything. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I call those money buckets. You know, we create these money buckets and then we allocate for it. And if we go back and look at our, you know, what we did in the last 90 days gives us a decent idea. But there's always, you know, January, that one bill that comes up, that annual bill. It's like, oh, I forgot all about that. So having that $300 extra cushion in your checking account, just to, you know, account for that is always very helpful. So I love that your mom taught you all of these things and that you actually listen because most kids are be like, don't matter what age you are, they'll be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But setting that, that's a beautiful legacy for her to leave because, you know, we always talk about things that our ancestors did that they passed on from generation to generation, especially when it comes to money. You know, a lot of them, like, you know, when our grandparents grew up in the depression, they did not have you know, and everything was blamed on the economy, but there were families that did have, and that they made do, and they, they strived above that. And, you know, thinking about a wealthy mindset versus a wealthy bank account. I mean, they're two different things. And you had mentioned that you grew up, you didn't even know that you grew up poor and I, you didn't grow up poor. You grew up very rich because your mom instilled in you this beautiful, relationship with money that you were taking care of, you were provided for. And a lot of people miss that. And there's a lot of, I've seen a lot of things, especially on social media, where ladies are complaining, especially about their social security monthly payment. (laughs) They'll look at it like, I can't live on that. No, be grateful for this. You know, gratitude is the first thing that helps us see what money does for us. And I'm all about picking up pennies when I see them on the ground, I will not walk by a penny because every dollar, every value is so valuable. It's so important and to appreciate all that money that comes in your way. So I just absolutely love, love what you're doing and how you've transitioned and stepped into what your passion is, what your heart is. Um, so tell us some more about your business. Okay, so um, we've now expanded. We're just not into branding. We also help our clients with the sales portion because we realized that once they've gotten their branding together, there were still some gaps that I noticed just in business in general that they weren't reaching the ideal client that they wanted. But once we got their branding together and they were able to attract the client, they weren't like securing them. And so I would get the testimonies like, oh, I got all these clients in, you know, or I got people prospecting me. And I was like, okay, what happened? And they'll say, well, I just couldn't close the deal or, you know, something happened in between. And it wasn't because of our branding it was because once they got the attention that they so desired from the results of the branding, they literally could not secure or close their deals. And I thought, wow, how awful to be. It's like having a very beautiful face, but then your personality is terrible, right? It just doesn't go together and it shouldn't go together. So I said, okay, why don't we think about some ways to help you with not only selling your package, but also 
you know, securing the clothes, you know, letting them understand how important it is for you to work with them. And um, I did a few like just kind of beta testing, so to speak, to see how that would work. And absolutely, it was phenomenal. Our clients now are able to not only get their branding portion uh, completed with us, but we have uh, in-house sales and closer to help them secure their deals as well as uh, close their deals and keep their clients happy. We also have expanded. I have over 32 plus virtual assistants now across the entire world. So we are international um, that can handle all things branding, sales and marketing. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. And what's the best way for our audience to connect with you? Okay, so you can reach me at Nicole J. Perkins on all social media handles. That is including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. We are actually revamping our website because we have a new product coming out, which I will not tell about yet. (laughs) That's coming down the road. So if you're looking for the website, we have shut that down because we are going to come back wonderful, full in effect. I'm super excited about it. So that's a little cliffhanger there. But all my other social media handles, Nicole J. Perkins, just plug it on in and you'll see my face. I make sure of it just in case you're confused. And <laughs> and um, you'll see something at reference to build your brand better, you know, brand better, branding. Yeah, you know it. That's what will happen and you'll know it's me. I love that. And we'll put the links to connect with you in the show notes. And as we part, what words of wisdom would you like to share with the audience? I would say it's not how you start, it's how you finish. We all have like, I guess, a little bit of humble beginnings um, in one way, shape, form or the other. And you may not be exactly where you want to be, but be thankful you're not where you used to be. And also know that things can get better and, um, you know, just keep the faith, keep the hope. You'll see it. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being here, for sharing your expertise and your story all about money and the things that you learned um, and implemented. That is just beautiful. And for those of you who are listening, please check the show notes, connect with Nicole. And if you've been doing your logo, your branding yourself, please stop. Please (laughs) connect with Nicole and tap into that. You know, it's a phone call. You know, you can check it out. And if it's not a good fit, that's okay too. But, you know, really think about investing in this because you are worthy and this is your passion. This is your business. Be sure to give the show some love. Give us a five-star review. Give us a rating and share it with those who need to hear this message about not only branding, but how investing in yourself is so important and putting all the pieces in place, especially as you're transitioning from a nine to five to full entrepreneurship. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it.